Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. Today, we are joined by a special guest. Her name is Teresa Lambert, and she is a business and success coach with an impressive background in luxury hospitality at the number one ski resort in North America. Um, Teresa supports ambitious women entrepreneurs coaches and leaders to redefine success with elegance and create the impact, income and freedom they desire in business and in life. Um, in 2020, Teresa became the best-selling author of her book, Achieve with Grace, a guide to elegance and effectiveness in intense workplaces. She is also a speaker and a fellow podcaster, um, co-host of Dissecting Success. So I'm so grateful to have you here today, Teresa, and I'm excited for this conversation. Um, Yes. So thank you so much for being here on the podcast. And I guess just to get started, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background, you know, your journey, what brought you to do the work you're doing kind of in your own words, instead of, you know, my lovely bio introduction. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much for having me on your fabulous podcast. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Um, How did I get here? Wow. That is, you know, (laughs) I sometimes ask myself that question. (laughs) Again, but no, I um, you know, I think in in some ways I've always been a very ambitious, driven woman, and I really was gunning for what the world believes success to be. I had this idea um, that got into my head after a beautiful hotel experience in Germany on my 16th birthday, that one day I wanted to be a hotel general manager. And I had all these things planned out how that was going to go down, including going to school. Um, But in 2015, I traveled, I was backpacking around the world, I went to South America, which was amazing. And then I came to beautiful Whistler, BC, where I uh, am still am 15 years (laughs) later. And so, I'd actually planned to continue my travels and then study hotel management in Innsbruck, um, Austria, but I never made it home. So ultimately after an accident and recovery, this is like too long to dive into this story right now. I um, decided to come back to Whistler and after a few more years in, in you know, the restaurant business and I was like, I'm ready to get into hotels. I'm ready to do it. And so I um, had applied for a role that was a leadership position at a boutique hotel here in Whistler, beautiful Nita Lake Lodge, and didn't get the job because they believed they didn't have enough leadership experience. And so, um, but they offered me a job at the front desk. And so I was like, you know what, you got to start somewhere, right? Like you, you got to start somewhere. And so 
I started at the hotel as a front desk agent and within just a few months there was a transition and they offered me to step into the leadership role just two months later which was awesome so I sort of started to progress in my career in hotels and as it turns out um, there were a lot of things that could use some improvement at the property at the time Um, it had quite a wild history loads of ownership changes management changes um, Whistler was a bit of a different place and that was in 2011 so just after the Olympics but it was still very quiet so 2011 2012 it wasn't nearly as busy as the town well was before COVID <laughs> it's it's sort of you know how the story changes <laughs> yes. but ultimately what happened uh, I continued to move up the ladder rather quickly and just three years after starting with the company um, the GM at the time that was there had left this was the third GM that I had seen in the three years that I was there and the second management company so loads of transition and the owner at the time um, approached me. I was the operations and revenue manager at the time. And so he approached me and asked me to step into the role temporarily um, until they could find a general manager. And it, that made sense at the time because I was like, why would they ask me, right? Like I was in hotels for three years at the time. Yes, I was overseeing housekeeping, revenue management, front desk, engineering. So I had a lot you know, going already. But I didn't have a background and the people that were in the GM role before me all were, you know, um, male in their like 50s with 20 plus years experience managing hotels and degrees in hotel management and all these things. And so I certainly didn't fit the label of somebody that you would hire the experience. And so I stepped in for a little bit and it was probably a month later, the owner approached me again and he was like actually I was thinking about this and um, I would like you to take on the role permanently and to be really planned I thought he'd gone mad (laughs) and not in a you know I mean I, I, I say this from like the most like respectful way but I was like why why me? Because I was looking at the situation and yes, I was driving revenues. I was doing a really good job. Like there was, was undoubtedly, I was supporting the company to move forward, but I just had a hard time grasping it. And so the offer was on the table. I knew there was only a few options um, in terms of what was going to happen. There was either, either I was going to take the job and I'm going to be getting it terribly wrong and I'll lose the job within 12 months, but I gained the experience, right? Or I'm going to step into the role and nothing changes and I'll probably lose the job within 12 months of starting like all the people before me and I gained the experience. Or there is this small chance that maybe I can just put my own spin on it and make it work. And if I can make it work, this would be the most brilliant career move ever because within such a short amount of time, I would be where I always wanted to be um, at the top of, you know, the game in a beautiful luxury boutique hotel, GM at 29. Um, it just seemed like, you know, why not? So I jumped into it and turns out I'm very good at building teams and building businesses. <laughs> And so we skyrocketed revenue, we doubled the team, like we became an award-winning property here in Whistler, very well known. And 
it was a wild ride. It was a really wild ride, but I put my heart and soul into the business. That was all I was doing. I was living and breathing, you know, being in the hotel world. It's a 24 seven, 365 day a year business. Nobody ever sleeps, right? So there is never like, oh, we're closed now. We're always open. And so what ended up happening is that I got consumed by this need to drive results and to prove that I could do it. And the more results we put on, the more pressure I felt to continue to, you know, push the boundaries of what is possible with, um, with the property. And so my ambitious nature literally got the best of me. And I burned out um, about three years into the role and started to really struggle internally. And, you know, I think one thing that hospitality up until that date had taught me is that if there is a fire in the kitchen, the customers won't ever know. And so every day I would put a mask on and I put my power suit on and I'm like, okay, you know, we're going to do this and I'm going to pretend everything's fine and I'm okay and I don't need support. And I, I really got muddled in this whole idea that, you know, if I'm going to start asking for help or if I drop the ball, then I'm going to get fired. I'm going to lose my job. Like everything is going to go just down the drain. And I was terrified. I mean, almost every week I thought, surely this week is the week I'm going to get fired. And I actually spoke about that in my book, Achieve with Grace. And it wasn't until I walked um, into my naturopath's office, actually, I had piled on about 30 pounds in two months. But at the time I was training for a half marathon, I was on a specific diet for running. So I was running about like 20 kilometers a week. And I walked into my naturopath's office and she looked at me and she's like, oh my God, you look sick. And I was like, I know I'm not feeling good. And so what ended up happening was that I was severely burnt out. I didn't really know. This was now nearly five years ago. So burnout wasn't really a thing we spoke about. You know, being busy and being tired and exhausted was just a normal lingo we used in the hotel industry. I mean, everybody works six, seven days a week, 14 hours a day. It's just, it was just a normal thing that we were all doing, right? If you wanted to make it to the top or if you were at the top, you just put in the time and you grind and you get it done. And that's that. And so I never question it until that moment. So ultimately what happened is I actually signed up for health coaching certification because I was trying to self-help myself. And in the pursuit of looking for something to fix myself, right? Because I was like, something's broken. Like, just tell me what to eat and, and what to do. And, you know, I'm going to get myself out of this, like in a couple of weeks, right? Like that was my attitude and that wasn't working. So I, I signed up for a coaching certification with the only intention to get myself out of this situation because I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. I was struggling every day. I was getting sick all the time. I was putting on this weight. Like I was forgetting things. I had bad brain fog and I just wasn't able to function as the high achiever that I am anymore. And so that's how I got into coaching. And turns out as I was started to be introduced to this world of personal development, mindset, mindfulness, <laughs> Like all these like things that I feel like now are terms that we're so familiar with. I, it really started to hit me 
that the way I saw a successful woman or the way I even saw myself to be successful was a really distorted idea that really wasn't long-term sustainable. And so I, I really started to have this deep desire to, to figure out, you know, how can we make it work? How can we have the career or the business that we want, um, the wealth that we want, and at the same time, also feel like we're actually feeling alive in our life. And that was a big, big shift for me because it started, I started to change my perspective on how I looked at every single thing I was doing. And so this is how I end up being where I'm at today. Um, it took me about three years to make the decision to leave my career in hotels behind and commit to coaching full-time. Had a very different plan for coaching. Um, it was before COVID hit. I left the hotel world in January, 2020. So three months before the pandemic. Wow. And then ever since I've pivoted my business to be 100% online, to be focused on supporting um, you know, ambitious women, entrepreneurs and coaches specifically on their business building journey, but to do it in a way that really allows us the time and space to live our life at the same time and not be consumed by it 24 seven. Yes, I love that. And, and just sharing that journey and, and being vulnerable to share that. And I think, you know, hearing those things, it's, it's, it's funny and I'm smiling and, but it is so, cause it's like, I, I was, I've been there. Yes. And I think so many women can relate to that. And specifically, um, you know, women that are ambitious, career-driven, high achievers. Um, we think that, you know, I think it's like when you put yourself in that headspace, yeah, there is this belief, um, that you have to, give your whole self and put it all in. And then it, you know, then there is that inner battle of, well, you know, can I even have start a family, have a family? Is that possible? And it's like, we put off these other very important elements of life thinking that we can't have um, both or that it's not feasible to have both. Like I'm thinking when you were talking, a lot of my clients, like I said, are these high achieving ambitious women, um, in careers like lawyers and, and they experience very similar things. And it's just the way of life that the hours they work. And when I hear it, I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. But when, when you're in it and part of that environment, it's just, that's it. That's what we do. And yeah, that's the expectation. And, um, so I think it's so important to have this conversation because it's, it's giving us this moment to pause a moment to think, and, and, you know, is there a different way? Is there another way to be doing these things, um, that we can still be ambitious, but have, have it all or have the balance. Um, so can you tell me maybe what are some of the biggest challenges you see being faced by these women, like women you work with entrepreneurs, other women coaches, um, high achieving women, like what are the biggest challenges that they're, they're going through probably? Well, I think that there is still this belief, right? That in order to make it, in order to be successful, we have to struggle or we have to work hard or we have to hustle, right? Like, I think that that is so ingrained in our society because we really, you know, we celebrate overnight success, rapid acceleration, promotions, money, right? Like we, we have put this pressure on ourselves and the faster we get somewhere and the more we do, the more celebrated by society. And so I think for women, 
there is this real pressure to keep up. And so this belief that it's not possible to do it a different way is a big one, a really big one. And we recreate the struggle in so many different ways, because once you have this core belief that in order to succeed, like in order to, you know, even the terms we use, right? Like, let's look at a term like we got to break the glass ceiling. How often have you heard about like women, especially in, in careers, right? Let's break the class ceiling. Let's get more women into the C-suite. Um, this morning, just I was reading that, you know, there was an article and they were like, there is now 8.2% of female, um, you know, executives at the C-suite Fortune 500 companies. And I was like, 8.2%, 8.2%. That's terrible like, still. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's progress, but really... And so, but so we, we look at this, right? And, and then within the same article, it was like, oh, free, some three million women have, um, you know, left the workforce during the pandemic because um, they weren't able to navigate um, the, the whole situation around kids not being able to go to school, going to school, not going to school, homeschooling, go to school, don't go to school, you're sick, oh no, you can't go to school. Like, it's been wild. And so, you know, I think we look at all those things, right? And even this time again, breaking the class ceiling. I mean, when I think of breaking the class ceiling, I mean, it's, it's exhausting even thinking about it. Like it sounds like a struggle, right? So we've created this storyboard in our society that it's really hard to make it. It's really hard to make it. And because it's really hard to make, it means we have to work even harder, especially because there's only 8.2% of us making it to C-suite and Fortune 500 companies anyways. So we, we have this idea that that is the only way and that is a huge block, huge block, because when you first start to pull back, when you've worked that much and, and also because it works, like I always say, I worked my butt off. I hustled like crazy. I was working all the time. Like I never not worked and it worked, right? Like I did get to where I wanted to go. I was having the title. I did have the money. I did have the accolades and the rewards and the publications featuring me for what I was doing. And the thing is that's hard to understand, right? So especially like the, the further up, you have like grinded yourself to get, the harder it is to accept that there is actually a different way. And so I think that is the biggest thing for so many of us to, to break through and to understand that there is a way and strategies that we can set ourselves up and that really we can prioritize quality over quantity, right? Like it's, it's not about how much you work, it's about making sure that when you work, it's on point. And so often I say to, you know, women that I work with, like in business and, and also leaders in organizations, like, do you want to have a quantity life or do you want to have a quality life? Because there's a big difference between the two. Yes, absolutely. And you're right. Like those, th those beliefs that are out there that we take on that yeah, breaking the glass ceiling, 
that it, it does seem exhausting. And you're like, well, I have a child and I also, you know, want to be a mom to my child. So I guess that's not possible for me or, you know, I don't have the ability to do that um, because we just have this belief that it would take this certain expectation to actually get there. And it's just like me, <laughs> um, that's a little much, but, but changing that and saying, and I think companies need to get on board with this because that that mindset has taken us for so long that that you're in the office from this hour to this hour and you know if anything COVID has kind of changed that and taught us that we can be productive in different ways and and different methods and from different locations still and get things done and maybe even get things done quicker um and so we have to accept that instead of saying like well no you have to I have to see you in the office from this time to this time to know you're working, but instead saying that it is about the, the quality and what's that you're getting things done, who cares like that you've logged the hours, that's not relevant. Um, so I think there has to be a shift too in, in companies and how they look at things too, for anyone that is working in more of a, a career and not necessarily self-employed because when you're self-employed, you can kind of make those switches. Um, again, it's, it's, it takes effort to change that mindset, but sometimes it feels like when you're in a career role that it's not even in your ability to change if that's the, the company culture that you're coming from. Um, and I like, I, on your website, you talked about the priority on, you were putting a priority on making a living rather than actually living. Um, so it's like flipping that, like actually living your life and and having that enjoyment. So I think that's a good one too, for people to, that should stand out. Um, what about like when I think of high achieving women and like, if you have achieved that success, like you had, you know, you, you did it, you got there quick, you, you put in the work and you, you, uh, you got there. What about then sometimes it's like you get there and it is, there's, ne- it's this like never enoughness. Um, and it's like, okay, then it has to be even, you have to work even harder, even longer, make even bigger things happening. And I think that too can be overwhelming and, and it can be almost, you know, it's a hard point when you, it's a hard place when you get to that point, like it should be a point of celebration and, and appreciating everything you've done, but it's, it's sometimes even just more criticism on yourself. Yeah. You know, I I think that's just a thing, right? Like we're always rushing to the finish line. And, you know, one of the things that I've noticed over the years and, and that I often talk about is that we've come up with this life equation, right? And it goes something like this. Once I have done this, I'm going to be that, right? So we always say like, once I have the job, I'm going to be successful. Once I have the money, I'm going to have, you know, the freedom to do and travel and do what I want. And then we have the money and then we don't have the time to travel. Right. So then we're like, oh, well, once I have the time, then I get to, you know, experience travel and, and be more free. Right. Like we, we always are like, I have to do something before I can be something. And one of the things that I was thinking about and this is another thing that that often as women, right? Like we're told we're too emotional and leave your emotions at home and, you know, all these like things, right? Like we're, we're really like a lot of what society, like the, the language we're using, the way we frame things, it really creates this these ideologies and we all have different ones around what life should be like. But um, emotions generally are considered, you know, not part of the workplace. And the fact is, 
we're all human beings. So the essence of being human is to be human and part of being human is to be an emotional being. We are all experiencing emotions every day throughout the day, right? But we more operate like human doings, not human beings. And so really what happens is we approach our life with this idea that as we do, we get to be things. And that being things also includes emotions, right? Like um, once I am married, I'm going to be loved. Once I have kids, I, I am, you know, I'm going to feel like I get to nurture, right? Like it's, it's like, there's always something first. And so what really happens is we get to these places and I've seen this with so many people, we get to the top of our careers and then we feel stuck. It's like, we feel stuck. And like you said, then we're like, oh my God, I got to do more because this isn't enough. Like, I'm still not feeling it. I'm still not feeling good enough. I'm still not feeling fulfilled enough. I still don't feel like I, like people really understand my value. Right? Like the thing is, it doesn't matter what you do. If you don't prioritize those feelings now, it doesn't matter how much money you make, what title you have, how big your home is, you know, it, it really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you're always putting a block in the way of it. And so there is this disconnect of being in the successful role, but not feeling like you're successful. And, and I experienced that. And you know, this question, right? Like, why do they call it making a living if it doesn't make you come alive? And I realized for myself, I didn't even know anymore what it meant to feel alive because I was so focused on, on going all the time, right? Like, what would it actually feel like to stop? I mean, it was terrifying. I was like, well, if I stop, like, I can't stop. Right? Like, are you crazy? Like, stopping? That's a bad idea. And so what we really want to do is start to think about and and that is like a really good tool that people can use is think about like how do you really want to feel in your life like not just right now but like you know if you could go 10 years down the road maybe even to you know 20 years down the road or maybe to the point in time where you're like about to die right like if you could say every day of my life, I felt this. And that is how I'm, that's the legacy I was living, right? How different does that feel versus saying, oh, I've accomplished all these things, right? To say I lived my life and every day I felt joy. I felt happiness. I felt supported. I felt loved. I felt like I was living an extraordinary life. I felt confident. Um, I felt nurtured. I felt wealthy, right? Like I lived my life as a wealthy woman. I mean, how amazing would it be if that is what you say as you, as you finish, you know, as you take your last breath? I mean, there's something beautiful, philo philosophical about that. But from that place of feeling, we can actually reverse engineer our goals and see if the actions we're taking and the things we aspire to actually fit into that vision for ourselves and how we want to feel and we get to feel that now right like what action can I do today that connects me even more with this idea of of being a wealthy woman or living an extraordinary life and a very simple example of that for me is um 
fresh flowers. Okay. Yes. I always I never had fresh flowers at home because I was like fresh flowers waste of money right like they go bad like like why do you need fresh flowers in a home I mean come on right and so then when I started to to really be like okay well I want to feel like I live this exquisite life like I want to feel joy I want to feel like I I'm a wealthy woman and I was like what would a wealthy woman do and I was like, you know what? A wealthy woman would, or joyful woman, she would have fresh flowers in her home every single month of the year. And so in December of 2020, so this is like not even a year ago, I decided that I was going to have fresh flowers in my home every single month. And I do. And it's been the most beautiful thing because every time I see them, it makes me happy. It reminds me that I have so much wealth already and, and wealth in a much bigger sense than monetary wealth. But there is something about the feeling it, it evokes in me just seeing those flowers, right? And, and this is a very simple example, but this is how we can really start to create a vibe in our homes, in our life that actually supports us feeling the way we want to feel. That's and beautiful. then we get to do whatever else we want to do. And then we get to go out and, you know, achieve and conquer. Yes. But we, we feel first. Yes. Yes. So asking, how do I want to feel and have that be sort of the starting point from then where we go with planning. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're planning out your career and what's next, it's, well, how do I want to feel? And that's going to help be your guide, I think, on, you know, what's next and what makes sense. And, and it can be any decision that comes up. You can ask yourself that too. Um, yeah. And it, it's going to help be a guide because um, it is going a little bit, it's going within and being intuitive. Um, yeah. And then, and then doing it now, maybe you don't feel like you're in the place that you necessarily want to be, but if you can still make that change in, in the existing circumstance. Um, like you said, with the fresh flowers, that's very realistic that, so what is someone's fresh flowers? Like maybe they have their own version of it, but if you can do that to invoke that feeling now, um, whether, rather than waiting, cause you're right. It's, we so much in our lives go, when I get this, then I'm going to feel this. And, and I see it so much with money as people think, when I have this much money, you know, then I will be happy or then I will be able to do everything I want to do. And, and then that just never ends up happening. And, yeah. and it's just like, well, well, how much is enough? And it, that's not really the answer. It's, it's more that they're not giving themselves the time or allowing themselves to be in that, that enjoying or the joy or the happiness or whatever that it was the feeling that they thought they were going to get with the money. Yeah. And the thing is, if you start to live your life this way and start to make decisions this way, even, you know, leaving work, right? If you want to feel more energized and it's five o'clock at night and or six and you've already worked 10 hours, right? Like what feels like, what feels like would give me energy leaving and having dinner with the family or, or maybe meeting a friend on the patio now that we get to do that again, or, you know, staying and answering the hundred emails that are still lingering in the inbox, Right. And you know very quickly, quickly which action actually is going to serve you more based on how you want to feel. But the beautiful thing is the more you focus on the feeling first, the more your life actually shifts and your energy 
changes and other people are actually and things are more attracted to come to you because all of a sudden people are like, oh, you're so happy all the time. How do you do it? Oh, like you seem like you buy all these things. Like, where do you get all the money from? Right. Because we start to shift our perspective and we get to have the thing we really want now without having to buy anything or do anything because you know, the truth is most of the things we want to feel are so simple. Like it's so simple, right? You want to be more joyful. Okay. What's, what is one thing in the morning that could give you joy, right? Like maybe it's reading your book for 15 minutes or writing in your journal or, you know, like, I don't know, smelling the laundry that comes out of the dryer. And like, you know, we have little things, right? Like, I think sometimes we, we, especially, and I'm sure in your world, you would, you know, see this a lot that money becomes the thing that enables us to do, you know, anything, but money is, is, you know, money goes in and money goes out, right? Like money doesn't give you anything, right? It it really doesn't. Yes. We need money to buy something like groceries and pay bills and things like that. But so many times we use money as the excuse that we can't do things, right? Like, like you said, like I'm, I, you know, until I make this much, I won't have, you know, like I won't feel at peace around my finances, but it's like, well, but you're choosing not to be at peace with your finances because you're telling you that you need the money first before you can feel that. But money can't make you feel that. Only yourself can make you feel that. So out of all the things, our own emotions and feelings, we actually have control over. Like our own actions and thoughts, we actually have control over. Everything else, we do not. So we spend all of our time trying to control all these things we don't have control over so that we can we can have those things then have a result over the only thing that we can control. It doesn't make any sense. Yes. Yeah. And as you're saying it, like it's so much is clicking now and making sense to me. I'm like, whoa, light bulb. This is amazing. Like the joy I get when I like pull my like favorite sweatpants out of the dryer and they're freshly cleaned. I'm like, whoa, like I get all excited and happy. I'm like, I love these. So comfy. Um, or dropping off my daughter at school and, you know, getting to see her like run to the door and she's so tiny with her big backpack. And I'm like, I love that I get to drop her off every day now because my, you know, work from home or how my schedule has shifted allows for it. And I get to see that. And And that's just like, it's a memory and it makes me happy. And I'm, you know, pretty soon her backpack's not going to be as giant for her and and whatnot, but those moments are just, oh. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's what really makes life, life, right? Like that, it's the memories. It's those emotions that we feel in the moment where she runs to the door, you see her walk off with a little backpack, right? Like, and those memories and grain in our brain. And that is also such a motivator right? Like that's the motivation you will have. Like if you're going through tough times, if something really goes wrong to be like, you know what, that little face, seeing that face every day or seeing her big backpack and like all the joy I feel, I can make it through this day. I can make it through this week. I can figure this out, right? Because there's still those moments and we just have to see them and feel them. And then we're like, wow, like I have so much wealth. And when you feel that connected, 
your wellness, your well-being, your stress level, like it all starts to click into place without you having to do more for it. Wow. That's amazing. There's, I think so many people are going to, I hope they have the light bulb moment too. Cause I was just like, you get all those ideas of like, Oh, I like feeling this. I do this. And that makes me feel this. And um, you're right. It's simple things that exist right now in our lives that we can easily find. Um, what can we just, just go into then a little bit further of, okay, we talk, you talk about redefining success then. So, you know, what does that mean now? Like, what can we send our listeners off with this idea of that they can redefine success, um, that success can be effortless is, you know, the messaging you give. And, and we talk, you talk about the elegance of success. So I think that's a good note to sort of leave listeners with on is that how can this, this shift? Yeah, absolutely. So, so the first thing I would really say is like, get a clarity clarify for yourself right like what does success mean to me and maybe it's what does success mean to me right now and again like when I first sat down success to me meant working long hours not having a life making loads of money being able to buy the things I want to buy right like that's what success meant to me and I didn't feel connected to that right so so how can I redefine success for myself that is more around how I want to feel, right? And so success for me is really to be able to feel the way I want to feel every single day of my life, right? And so so part of me for that is like, you know, that feeling of like the, the wealth, the this feeling of like, I actually live an extraordinary life. I live in a beautiful space. Like, um, like I want to feel joy, like actually experiencing joy, like through and through every day, not just when I'm on vacation, right? like every day. So it's really like, think about like, how do you want to redefine success for yourself? And, and again, right? Like maybe it's freedom, wealth, well-being, um, peace, right? Like for you, it, it like, it doesn't matter. Like this is your definition of success. There is no right or wrong. And then from that place, really start to think, okay, well, if, if that is truly like, if, if I want to be this woman that's successful and successful means I'm, I experience wealth and freedom and, and, you know, joy and happiness, again, whatever comes up from you, then you know, what would my life look like? What would my day look like? What choices would this version of me make, right? And and for me, that's where that elegance comes in, in terms of like, I'm, I, why would I rush? Why would I rush? Do I really have to check my emails the second I walk, wake up? And do I really have to keep going? Or is part of feeling that I live this extraordinary life, the fact that I don't have to, I can just sit and be, there's all the time I need. Like would a wealthy woman rush, right? Like, does it seem like an extraordinary life to run out of the door, ready to like divide and conquer? I don't think so, right? So, so really start to think, you know, what, what would that be like? What would it be like? What would it feel like? What would be in your life and what wouldn't be in your life anymore? And that's how I started to realize, you know, okay, I don't have to check my emails first thing in the morning. I don't have to work on my weekends. 
I don't have to be always available to be successful, right? Like I get to set myself up in a different way and make choices that actually serve me now, not in five years from now, because I don't even know what's going to happen in five years, right? Like every day we get to bring this beautiful intention to how we live. And so, but the redefining the success really starts by you stepping back and being like, what does that really mean to me to be successful? You know, Deepak Chopra, I do his meditations. And one of the things he said, there's a beautiful series on, um, on success, like the laws of success. And he says that success is, is ultimately that all of your desires are becoming a reality. And I thought that was really powerful, right? So another thing you can think about um, around that is like, what do you really desire in your life? Not what do you want, right? What do you desire, right? Like the stuff they told us, like, you know, desires is the devil's gonna like, you know, come in if you have desires, right? Like, I don't know, I grew up like Roman Catholic. So um, <laughs> this was interesting for me too, right? But like, what do you desire? Like, this isn't one, this isn't stuff you need. Like, what do you desire? And start to bring that language into your world, right? Like, I desire to sleep in today. I desire my husband to cook tonight. I desire to get a babysitter tomorrow. Not because I'm working, just because I want space. I desire space. So start to bring that wording into your day-to-day. I desire you to make the photocopies. I desire to leave at five o'clock today, right? Like it's, it's simple shifts because one thing, and, and I know we're sort of getting to the end of the episode is that our words, thoughts, and actions create the outcomes that we want in our life, right? Like your, your thoughts, your words, and your actions. So start to change your vocabulary, start to shift from, I have to do this to feel that to, I'm going to feel like this. And because I want to feel like this, this is what I'm going to do, right? Like start to make these shifts. And before you know it, like life is going to be a hell of a lot of difference. And you'll be like, it's like my life is the same, but it's completely different. And I don't get it. And you don't have to get it because it's such a subtle, small shift, right? We're not talking quantum leaps here, right? Like if you're working 70 hours a week, you know, maybe you want to slowly get to 50, and I remember when I got to 50 and I was like, the world is my true. I have so much time, 50 hours a week. Like, oh my God, like who knew there was so much time in a week, right? Like that's still working more than most people work. Yes, yes. But yeah, making <laughs> That's what shifts. it is. Yes. Yeah, little shifts. <laughs> I love that. Yes. And how we can kind of get into that and actually living, not the in five, like, yeah, I want, you know, I want to achieve this within five years. It's like, let's be that now. Let's be the feeling that that's going to give us now. And you've given so many great examples and it in my mind is becoming, yes, yeah, so realistic on how we can do this right now. Yeah. And you can like to everybody listening, right? Like you can do this right now. You can do this right now. You can do this right now. You don't have to wait until tomorrow and you don't really have to do much else. All you really need to do is get clear on how do you really desire to feel? How do you want to feel? Yes. You know it. You're an ambitious woman. You know how to feel. 
You're very good at emotion. So you can do this. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Teresa. I love this chat. Um, if listeners want to find you, reach out, what is the best way? Yeah. So um, the space I hang out the most is actually my Instagram account at Teresa Lambert Coaching. And if anybody is listening and you want to find out more or get some access to some inspirational content, you can actually join my private membership space. It's free. It's called The Living Room. It's literally a space for you to come and hang out and be entertained by inspirational masterclasses and workshops that I have ran throughout the year. And you can visit that at TeresaLambertCoaching.com backslash the living room, all one word, and you can sign up for free and you get instant access and it'll help you more with things around goal setting, um, hitting the reset button. There's a lot of really, really great trainings in there that can help you that you can access for free. So that's another great place to, to start. Love it. Okay. And I'll have the links on the show notes as well for listeners in case you didn't catch that. Um, so definitely check that out. It sounds amazing. Thank you so much again, Teresa. That was such a great conversation. I love it. I know listeners are going to get a lot of value out of this. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. And we will, I will catch you listeners on the next episode. All right. Bye for now. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoy listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much. And I will catch you next time.